All right. Hello, church. Must look weird seeing my torso not covered by a guitar. <laughs> One week only. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to start by giving uh, four kind of main dot points, some summary points that I think uh, would be a good takeaway from this message. Number one, uh, Sabbath is a holy day in which we are invited to enjoy freedom in Jesus uh, and the freedom that he has attained for us in the work on the cross. Number two, Sabbath becomes extra rejuvenating, one of our little signs there, uh, when we align our spirits with the spirit of the Sabbath by inviting God into our enjoyment of the gifts that he has given us, and even uh, by abstaining from particular forms of worship that actually involve spiritual exertion and asking for more things. So that's an interesting one. We'll get into that. Uh, number three, the very practice of Sabbath is worship. Uh, when we're talking about like the Sabbath part of, sorry, the worship part of Sabbath, it's not just worshiping as you normally do on the day that happens to be your Sabbath, but actually engaging in Sabbath in itself is worship. Uh, and it's because we are recognizing through our bodies, through our minds, through our spirits, uh, how much God has already given us and that he has done all the necessary work that we don't need to continually strive. Uh, final point, uh, we are given six days every week to work and we are gifted one Sabbath a week where we can rest and refuse the spirit that demands more and more. Uh, so if you've had a, a big, busy, tired week, you can have a nap now because you've got the four points you need, and I'll see you out back for coffee later. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to start with just some foundations of the idea of Sabbath as worship, and then I'll go on to some practical stuff that will actually help you. Uh, so first, with a bit of a recap, where have we been so far? So week one, we looked at stop, the idea of setting apart a time of the week where we remove ourselves from work and allow our mind, body, and spirit to rest and enter into that rhythm that God has instilled in creation. Second week, we looked at rest. Uh, how do we really rest? We looked at digital fasting and getting out of just that world of media that is just takes your soul away bit by bit and tries to get you to worry and worry and do all these things because it makes money for big companies. Getting rid of that and finding the things that bring us joy, the things that God has already gifted us with, uh, which bring us joy and bring us rest. Uh, and then last week we looked at delight, delighting in God's creation and in his law as well, and remembering all that he has done for us, all the gifts that he has given us, remembering what we have and not striving after what we don't have. Uh, if you've been going through the little Practicing the Way booklet, they make the very good point at the beginning that it doesn't take four weeks and a four-week series to get you nailed into the Sabbath. We're just getting you, you're on the starting, like, running point on the race. Uh, and it's just, it's take, like everything in, in Christian life, it takes a lifetime to learn sort of thing. And at every step of the way, there's new revelations that just continually reveal to you the goodness of God and how much we need him. Uh, and from those four points, Sabbath as worship is actually the culmination of all these things. It's not just a little extra point to add on, but I think it actually elevates all those three, uh, three points. We are uh, 
commanded to keep the Sabbath holy. And keeping the Sabbath holy means two things. First, it means to set apart, which is what we've already done in those first three points. Uh, but it also means to sanctify. Uh, God's, uh, sorry, the greatest commandments in the Bible are to love God and to love people. Uh, Sabbath is loving God by honoring his commands and delighting in his goodness. Uh, and that sets us up to better love people. Uh, we are not just resting and doing things that we uh, enjoy, but we actually elevate all those things to a point of worship. And we make God the center of our rest and delight. Uh, I want to do a little point just on the idea of the new covenant. So obviously we know as Christians, we no longer need to fulfill righteousness through the law. We're not striving for our own salvation, but instead Christ is our righteousness. Uh, and in that gift of righteousness, we're actually invited to enjoy freedom in him. So yes, like one of the Ten Commandments is, you know, keep the Sabbath holy, and that's a big thing. But we no longer need to do that for the sake of salvation and righteousness. That's already attained for us in Christ. But we are invited uh, to enjoy the freedom of Sabbath uh, through Christ. Uh, Sabbath is enjoying the freedom that Jesus grants us. We no longer need to strive constantly for salvation, but God's work is done for that. So we just enjoy the freedom that comes with that work already being done. Uh, John Mark Homer has this really wonderful line that he uh, brings up a lot in all their different practices that they do, that he says, it's all invitational. It's not, it's not compulsory. It's not you have to Sabbath or you're no longer saved. It's we're invited to enjoy it. And like, I think you're going to miss out if you don't do it because it's, especially in a world that keeps telling us produce, produce, do things, work, work. Stepping away from that, it's a pretty incredible revelation once you start practicing Sabbath, you realize, oh, actually, the, work, the, the world gets, gets along fine without me. I actually don't need to be in that constant you know, stress. I can just relax, get some rest in me, let my soul just be rejuvenated through Christ and through God. Uh, so, worship. What is it? What is worship? It's not just the singing, the singing and the dancing, uh, but I believe worship is actually a way of relating to God in which we are giving something. It could be our time, our voices, our prayer, money in the form of tithe, or giving something to Him as a part of recognizing Him as God, but also cultivating relationship with Him. Uh, there's a more radical definition uh, which comes from uh, the little podcast that's on the, the booklet uh, where John Mark Homer talks about the first use of the word worship is when Abraham uh, takes his son up to be sacrificed. Uh, and John Mark Homer says that by, if we look like by worship in that context, it's actually a sacrifice of the deepest part of your heart over to God in radical trust. Uh, for me, I kind of see an analogy of that in prayer. I recently learned, maybe two or three months ago, uh, that prayer is actually the place where you can honestly bring your heart before God as an offering. Like that is the purpose of prayer. Like if, if you confess your sins to like a, a brother or sister, uh, there's confrontation and there's a weight to that and it's really powerful, but that can be a little bit daunting. But when we're in prayer, you know, Jesus says, you know, don't, you know, pray out loud and be, look at me. But he says, go into the quietness of your room, close the door and just like pray to God. And in that privateness, you can just openly and honestly bring your heart before him. Uh, and my prayer life was radically changed when I realized that I can bring the deepest parts of my heart honestly, 
Lord, I'm angry about this. I'm stressed about this. I don't like what I see you doing, but I offer that to you because I know you're a good father and a good God who cares for me. Uh, it's very powerful. Cool. Last little foundation point. There's a, uh, a great guy from the previous century named Abraham Joshua Heschel. He's a, uh, a rabbi, a, well, uh, a theologian, Jewish theologian, uh, who actually uh, worked alongside Martin Luther King Jr. and marched with him during the, the civil rights movement. Uh, and he came out of the Hasidic Jewish movement, but his whole uh, goal was to modernize it and make it new. And he's got this great book uh, called The Sabbath, Its Meaning for Modern Man. And he makes the argument that Judaism, and by implication Christianity, are religions of time, not of space. So there are significant spaces, synagogue, tabernacle, but far more central to the worship of God in Judaism and Christianity is time in the form of remembering God, remembering his promises and provisions, memorizing scripture, teaching younger generations, festivals, lamentation, Sabbath. These are all uh, practices that take place in time. He has this beautiful idea that in Judaism and Christianity, we create cathedrals in time, not in space, by the way that we devote ourselves to God. Uh, if you take away the church building, uh, you do no real damage to the church, but if you take away weekly time spent with God and time spent with fellow brothers and sisters in the faith, in prayer, worship, edification, uh, that degrades the church disastrously. Uh, Moses in Deuteronomy uh, stresses, Deuteronomy is such a great book. If you don't want to go through, you know, Genesis, Leviticus, all that just goes on forever. Just read Deuteronomy. It's the spark notes. It's great. It's a fantastic book. <laughs> uh, he, he stresses remembering God, his good works and his commandments. And then you look two books over in the book of Judges and you just see the roller coaster ride of Israel remembering God and then forgetting God and seeing all the disastrous but also beautiful things that come out of both sides of that. Right, practical stuff. We've got our foundations out of the way. How do we actually do this? How do we worship on the Sabbath or use the Sabbath as worship? Uh, first, I'm going to look at delight as worship. So flick back to last week and as you've been practicing Sabbath, what were the things that you considered restful and you considered delightful that brought you joy? Uh, these things are actually gifts from God. And when we cultivate those gifts, that is worship in itself. The story of all creation is God doing a good work and then inviting humanity into that to enjoy it. Uh, in the Genesis account of creation, it doesn't say God made a perfect world. He's, it says he made a good world, and then he invites humanity in to cultivate it, to name all the, all the species and, and to become a part of it. He didn't make it perfect because then there's nothing for us to do. It's like he's very relational in that sense. And note that in Sabbath, it's not cultivation for the sake of producing something. I'm not still, you know making stuff because I have to work, 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 but instead I'm using that as a vehicle for finding rest for our souls and for delighting in the Lord. Uh, another way to uh, do this kind of delight as worship idea is make God the center. When you do the thing you love, you know, playing tennis or enjoying music or whatever, uh, you can just say a simple prayer, God, I invite you into this to rest in you, to delight in you, and if images help, uh, just imagine yourself, just the image of you uh, offering up your rest and delight to God as worship, because it is worship by enjoying the good things he's given us. Uh, this is all part of taking the good things that we delight in and elevating them to the place of worship. Uh, 
It is adoration of God and acknowledging that he has done all the necessary work. Uh, John Mark Homer says that he likes to read fiction on Sabbath, and he's like, I don't have to, it doesn't, it's just complete nonsense. It, <laughs> there's no need for me to learn anything and to, you know, do all this stuff. It's just like, I can just read nonsense because all the necessary work is done, all the academic stuff is done. Sabbath, I can just, you know, it doesn't even have to be real words. It's just bloopity bloop, and, you know, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> the idea is the necessary work is done, and we just delight in the freedom that's been granted to us by God's work. Uh, next, I want to consider discerning restful worship. So there is worship that is restful, but there's also uh, worship that is laborious and that kind of we have to strive for. Uh, so uh, the goal of Sabbath is to rest and delight. Uh, and so I believe we should worship in accordance with rest and delight so that we're working with the spirit of the Sabbath. Uh, prayers of lament, such as mourning and sorrow, and prayers of intercession, which are asking God to intervene or asking things of God, are beautiful and good and powerful and uh, definitely things to cultivate. But note that they kind of work against the grain of what Sabbath actually is. Uh, in, in Jewish tradition, uh, Jews don't, uh, pray, um, don't have prayers of intercession at all during Sabbath. They don't ask for more. Uh, because they're like, well, it's, it's about resting. Like, God's done the work. I'm delighting the things God has already given me. I don't need to ask for more. Uh, there are six days of the week to do that, and there's one to just delight in what you already have. Uh, in a Ephesians 6.2, it says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic forces over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Awesome. Yes, that's amazing. That's what we do in spiritual warfare, in prayer. Uh, but note that the Sabbath is not the day for battle. We've got six days for all that battle where we uh, are taking part in that war that God has invited us in, into against the darkness of this world. But he's also given us this one day uh, uh, a week where we can actually just rest and restore. Uh, in uh, Ecclesiastes 3.4, it says there is a time to weep, a time to laugh a time to mourn, and a time to dance. There's a time for all things where all things are appropriate. Again, working with that rhythm that God has imbued in creation. Uh, Sabbath is a time to resist specifically the spiritual forces that demand that we work continually and fight continually, always striving to have more. We resist that by instead resting and acknowledging that all the work is already done in God. All his work is sufficient. Uh, Abraham Joshua Heschel has this uh, great line that says, uh, it is a sin to be sad on the Sabbath. Uh, not as a legalistic thing, I have to control my emotions, otherwise I'm not saved, but instead a guide just to align our spirits with the spirit of the Sabbath. Sorrow is a powerful spiritual tool, but is also spiritually draining. Uh, and remember, uh, two weeks ago, Duncan was talking about how Mary rested on the Sabbath after Jesus' death, in between the death and resurrection of Jesus, there was Sabbath, uh, and she rested during that. Uh, so we have uh, six days to work and one to rest. So if avoiding prayers of sorrow or prayers of intercession to ask for things, because sometimes, you know, life is always changing and evolving, and there are, there are things that we do always need to be pray for, uh, praying for. If that seems to be an obstacle, or if any part of Sabbath seems to be an obstacle, in answer to your point last week, uh, 
here's the thought that I have found calms and grounds me uh, in the spirit of the Sabbath. I always just think uh, there are six days in the week that we have been given to work, but today is the Sabbath. So I rest and delight in the Lord, knowing that he is good and he has done all the necessary work. It's the idea of acknowledging that uh, prayer for God's intervention in things or prayers of lamentation, of mourning, bad things that happen are good and beautiful and worth doing. But we've been given six days a week or 313 days in a year to do that. But we're only given one day every seven, uh, every seven days, every week, or 52 days in a year where we just rest. And we say, God, I just delight in all the things you already have for me. Uh, and a lot of the work that we often do has little to no bearing on eternity as well. Often, like, you know, we work a full-time job. Uh, most of the time, it's about getting by in, in that week, you know, getting the groceries paid for, the rent paid for, uh, saving up for the holiday. Uh, yeah, for the most part, the things that we do in those six days aren't always having a bearing on eternity, but Sabbath absolutely does have a bearing on eternity in just restoring our souls uh, and preparing us for the rest of the week. It's the, cul it's the culmination, the highest point of the week where we delight and rest and we are rejuvenated and ready to go out and pray, uh, pray and lament and strive uh, for all those things that we need to do that for uh, in the rest of the week. Uh, exposing our hearts to Sabbath reveals to us the things that we actually worship on the other six days of the week. When we take a day and make it holy, set it apart, uh, devote an entire day and, making, uh, and we make every moment of that day a part of holiness, uh, we will find that there's resistance. And that resistance comes from the things that our hearts are clinging, clinging to that have become the object of our worship that aren't actually God. Uh, so uh, my, uh, the Sabbath is a uh, sort of a touchstone of the week in that sense where we can kind of compare and see like, oh, okay, well, like once I realize, once I just rest and say I don't need to do these things, I realize, oh, here are the things that I'm clinging on to and I'm worshiping instead of, instead of God. Uh, but the Sabbath is a touchstone, is the height of the week, a glorious lighthouse that just shines light on all the other parts uh, of the week and all those dark places in our week. Uh, so my encouragement is when these things are exposed to you, when they're exposed to us, I, have, I, I had the same thing recently, uh, to just not, not say, oh, I'm not supposed to think about that on the Sabbath, but in the same way that prayer is that place to be honest and bring our hearts before God, to be honest about it to yourself and to God, uh, and offer it. Recognize where your heart is at and sit with it uh, genuinely uh, and then offer it to God. Allow, the things to allow those things to just burn away with the lighting of a candle or the strumming of a guitar or the enjoyment of a feast among friends. Uh, this is all part of aligning our spirits with the spirit of Sabbath by recognizing God's work and allowing him to fill our hearts with his goodness and dispel the darkness that has latched onto our hearts from this fallen world. Uh, I had a just this week, I had a a good but difficult Sabbath because I uh, I had a very confrontational conversation slash argument with my boss about a transition that is that is happening, and it just welled up lots of things in me. And I just it was the day before Sabbath that we had this conversation, and so when I got to Sabbath, I already knew there was going to be lots of resistance. And I had a really good Sabbath, but just all throughout, there was just this resistance of wanting to hold on. And it, it revealed to me, actually, that I have this, the thing that I worship is, 
both my pride and my intellect. I have this desire to intellectualize conflict and to say, well, he believes these things because of these psychological factors. Then there's like a power and a pride to that sort of thing. And I'm like, whoa, I'm holding on to these things and just constantly reflecting on them throughout the day because that's what I'm worshiping. And I just say, Lord, like I had to keep doing it throughout the day. It was difficult, but I'm like, Lord, thank you for revealing that to me. Like that's, you know, that's a result of this fallen world, and I want to work on that. So I just I, s- I sit with that Lord, uh, and I offer you I offer it to you. I burn this candle. And I watch it burn away. I play this this song that I enjoy, and I watch you know this pride and this desire for intellectualizing of conflict to just burn away, Lord. And I just rest and delight in you. Restore my soul, Lord. Uh, finally, uh, I want to give a little illustration about. An idea which uh, in the modern Western world is a little uh, weird because of our philosophical tradition. The idea of uh, praying with your body. This is a really good revelation I had when I practiced Sabbath. Uh, So by practicing both fasting and Sabbath, uh, I kind of had this revelation that they're kind of two sides of the same coin. My week is set up that uh, on one day I fast and then the next day is my Sabbath. And I realize Uh, that they're both actually praying with your body. When you fast, you pray with your body by physically manifesting a spiritual reality. Uh, You're sort of manifesting your hunger for God and your need for him in a physical sense, and you pray with your body in that way. And then on Sabbath, I noticed that I was also praying with my body by instead relieving it of the burdens of the world and just resting in the knowledge that God has done all the necessary work. This is, again, the idea that practicing Sabbath actually is worship in itself. You're actually worshiping with your body by just relieving yourself of the spiritual and mental burdens and just saying, God, you've actually done everything that's necessary, so I rest and delight in you so I can be restored and rejuvenated by your spirit. That's all I've got. I'm going to repeat uh, repeat the, the, the points now to sort of solidify just the, the four main points that I think would be most valuable to take away from this. Uh, Sabbath. One is a holy day in which we are invited to enjoy the freedom that Jesus has attained for us. Second one, Sabbath becomes extra rejuvenating when we align our spirits with the spirit of the Sabbath by inviting God into our enjoyment of the gifts that he has given us and even by abstaining from forms of worship that involve spiritual exertion or asking for more. Third point, the very practice of Sabbath is worship to God because we are recognizing in our minds and in our bodies and in our spirits how much he has already given, uh, given to us uh, and that he has done all the necessary work. And finally, number four, we are given six days every week to work, to strive, to pray for intervention, to fight against the dark spiritual forces of the world. But we are gifted one Sabbath every week where we rest, and we delight in the Lord, and we refuse the spirit that demands more and more. I hope you all have good Sabbaths and (laughs) I hope you enjoy this journey. It's a great journey. I still learn more things every time I practice Sabbath. And when I stop being as intentional, I find that there's kind of like, oh, this week wasn't as spiritually exciting anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Ah, yes. Uh, Yeah, dear Lord. Yeah, we just, we center ourselves on you every part of our life, Lord. We need you. You you sustain us in every way. You've not only given us life, but you've attained salvation for us when we considered the things you gave us not worth. We didn't think you were worth it, Lord. We turned away and did our own things. But in your mercy, in your compassion, Lord, 
you still reached out your hand uh, and invited us into eternity, Father. We ask that you've already, ge- you've already offered the gift of restoration and rejuvenation to us, Lord. We pray also that you would help us to receive that and to cultivate this good gift that you've given us, Father, uh, that we might be just restored and rejuvenated by this beautiful gift of Sabbath that you've given us, Father. Reveal to us the things that we hold on to as, as, as worship that are not of you, Lord. We refuse that spirit that asks for more. Uh, and yeah, we refuse those things that our hearts are latching onto you that are not you, of you, Father. We pray that you would reveal those things to us and that we would be humbled to receive wisdom from you about how to deal with that, Lord. And we thank you that in all the six days of the week and on the Sabbath of the week, that you are with us, walking alongside us, uh, and meeting us where we are at, not expecting us to be holy at the drop of the hat, uh, but that in every step of the way, uh, you work with us, Father. We thank you so much for all you've done. Amen.